like you kind of have like some like self-realization sometimes you're like oh shit like <laughs> i just like pulled that from from something i read or whatever but right like the time and i won't mention his him. name but the person that we went to school with thought that walter white was dead the whole time for the remainder of uh the breaking bad finale <laughs> Wait, was he thought he thought he was a ghost he thought he had died oh, oh, in the right, car yeah. because when he drops the keys down and they land in his lap he yeah, 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 yeah. breathes out and it's just vapor because it's cold but he thought no, dude, that that's it his was soul. like his soul. He thought it was his soul leaving his body. And the rest of it was like just a hallucination. Didn't that got that got way out of hand to that show, yeah. That was really funny. And there's the classic <laughs> uh Hank dies spoiler that I is so funny. Although I think that was I, like I think that I was I one spoil- of the funniest things. Yeah. I think I was like retelling that story and I spoiled it for like someone else because like they were like watching it and like I, I realized that I had it, it like perpetuated itself right I think I spoiled it for like four people because like that wasn't a spoiler to you it was a story like the story yeah. is yeah and I just kind of funny. assumed like I think like that they had seen her <laughs> it was, it was kind of funny yeah that's great Lord, what'd you just like throw in? uh it was an empty jewel pod <laughs> I, I took a bunch of candy out of my backpack and so uh by accident I grabbed an empty jewel pod too so I tried to throw it into the trash but I missed pretty badly now it's just in the corner with all the other jewel pods. That's right. This happens a lot. <laughs> all right, cool. Should we do a countdown? Uh, yeah, yeah, count it down. All right, three, two, one, lift off. <laughs> that was pretty corny, but I'm surprised welcome. you haven't made that joke yet. <laughs> this is the first time. Uh, welcome everyone to the seventh edition of the Clark One Thirty One podcast. We're gonna review. Uh, I don't know. These aren't really reviews, but we're going to discuss Gaucho today, which is the seventh studio. Ten album, out of ten. Or seven for seven. Ten, ten out of ten. ten. ten yeah, we haven't been reviewing them. That's true. Yeah, it's not even like a review. Too. Yeah, I don't think we can go that far. We're not. We're not. Uh, I don't think confident. Or, or, I don't know. Confident is not the right word, but I feel like we always try and do our hot takes, and so we're just like, nah, like we should just leave it as it is. So, did you say confident you know, or competent? I said confident, but I decided that was. I'm really shy. Think, so. I'm too yeah. shy to like review stuff. Yeah. It's like it's great. You don't want anybody to criticize your work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I kind of feel similarly with like beer sometimes where I'm just like, I there's really the only beer I've ever had that I hated is is Foster's. And I think everything else I've just been <laughs> like, this is pretty much fine. And like I don't really get too upset. That's about why it. the untapped no, I brought back that Sam Adams, that that cherry one. Oh, Did that you one there when yeah. I brought that the back? That was not good. There's a couple Horrendous. of well, yeah, I had a, stra- I had a strawberry one. one. Uh, oh, strawberry yeah. wine, strawberry beer. And I was like, I'm just not a fan of it. It's too yeah. strong. It's like strawberry shortcake or some shit. It's like, what are you doing? It's too much. You got to be careful of the fruit. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Certain fruits, you just don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't but, like, a, like watermelon is kind of, you got to be careful of that. That can go wrong. I don't like that. I don't love that. Uh, what's it called? The 21st Amendment one, the hell or high watermelon. Yeah. I it's just not for that me. one. Yeah. It's not great. That sucks. It's not good. We should. Um, you guys should get back on Untapped. By the way, started oh, using yeah. Untapped again. But I mean, but I just post. Would... I just post pictures of Miller Lights and White Claws. <laughs> but it's like a lot of fun. That was fun. That sounds fun. We were all like, I don't know. yeah, because we had like fun ones on there, and then like I feel like we there is. I mean, I'm sure Ryan and Simon still like post like their like they had like a very like encyclopedic and like serious Untapped. And yeah, was, like, theirs oh, was really good. Like, 
posting like PBR and stuff. Simon's, I remember Simon's, yeah, Simon and Ryan's, they both, they both had really good ones. Yeah. Good for them. Good times. Fuck, fuck me. <laughs> Basically. I and like when you post, the... I like when you post your untapped reviews to Twitter though. Oh that yeah, that's great. For a short time, that was really funny. <laughs> I, they were all I, about I need to bring it light. back. I'll do one tonight. That was like, remember you could like post like what you're listening to on Spotify to like Facebook or it would like automatically yeah. do it. Oh God, really? That oh man, there. yeah, I would automatically do it. Oh my God, remember that? Yeah, that and sounds then, like, like a nightmare. Someone would just be yeah. like, oh cool, like good song or something. I don't know, it was a mess. <laughs> I would always uh, hijack people's Spotify and like play really corny music and, and it would go on Facebook and it would be really funny. My, good, my good Spotify had like an issue. Like I had, like someone got a hold of my password or something and they played like, it was really weird. I kind of got freaked out. They played like, tr- like there was an album with like Trump's like cartoon face on it, and they like they were definitely like trolling me and stuff. And like, it was, it was wow, they got you, I, man. <laughs> oh. But then the, the thing that actually fucked me, like that was kind of like funny or whatever, and, or fine, I guess. And but then they removed a bunch of like my favorite songs. So there's like <laughs> stuff that I like that kind of pissed me off because like now I know that there was songs in there, but I don't like. I don't know like what they were like they were kind of random and like just soft little songs that I just like happened to click the like button for so I'll never know. That's actually that's malicious. Again. I don't like that. Yeah, that was brutal. That's terrorism. <laughs> I was fine with the, the Trump Trump album, but beyond that, Trump so album. Good. He should he should write music. Anyway, What's his sorry. name? Tim Heidecker wrote that Trump album. Oh, he did. Oh, he did. Yeah, you gotta listen I didn't to see that. that. Yeah, I won't spoil it for you. It's it's funny. Alrighty. Um, should, all right. we, should we jump into it? Sure. Let's yeah. jump right in. So, What's the name of the album? <laughs> this one's called Gaucho. Um, right. I'm going to go listen to it. Gaucho right Migo. <laughs> That's it. Usually, usually it's like Lori is like listening to it while we're doing the podcast. On That's feed. not true. You know <laughs> no, what? No, no, no. What? Done? I no, on I know, Spotify, I put it on very low. Like as we hit each track, I'll put it on very, very low. And it's as if we're talking. Like I have a little soundtrack for myself as as we talk. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's it's good. Nice, I feel like actually. I feel like sometimes we forget to go more into like the different like instrumental compositions of like the songs and stuff. But it's just because yeah. I forget it. I, like forget. I'm like, oh yeah, that's good. That's good. yeah. If you don't write it down, like you're not yeah. gonna like be able to remember. But even writing it down, you can you lose some of it. I'm like I'm like, yeah. what does that even mean? What is that? Yeah, it's like what I like that? the keyboard. Like, what does okay. horn mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like those horns. They're good. <laughs> um yeah so this is the the obviously the follow-up to asia they have like a lot of difficulties um getting this one out so this one takes uh basically two years or three years uh because asia is 77 yeah, it's three, yeah. this one comes out in november of 1980 um and they had done like a year uh, in between like we had mentioned um for all the other albums basically so they're kind of like obviously they end up um you know breaking up for 20 years after this album. So it seemed like it, you know, it was kind of getting to the point where they're like grinding these out and kind of, um, you know, it almost had like run its course, but it's obviously like amazing that they're able to kind of put this out and like, you know, by all means, like if you don't know the background to me, like it, it's, it's obviously like a, a cohesive and like, you know, a great album to me. So like, it's kind of amazing that they had like all this other stuff going on. They had uh, like, you know, uh, arguments over the with the label like Walter Becker is kind of getting into um uh harder into uh drugs and and uh is having some issues with his um with his girlfriend and stuff like that so there's all this stuff that happens Becker gets hit by a car like it just is kind what? of a mess and like it's hit by a car like, 
yeah uh he gets hit by a car and um like like literally like i guess like after one of the sessions um gets hit <laughs> by like a taxi and then um but yeah he had like multiple fractures um, i'm walking here took him like yeah, yeah it says took him Midnight six, Cowboy, six months yeah. to recover yeah jesus so, christ yeah, so it's uh, maybe not surprising that they end up kind of taking you know, taking a twenty year break, but um, but yeah, by all means, um, you know, good album. So I, I guess I'll kick it off to you guys now that I've done the the intro. Just your your general thoughts, maybe. Yeah, uh, this is one that that got better over time. Um, I listened to this. I think again, doing that top five hundred exercise, mm. probably at this point now, like a year ago or over a year ago. And I only listened to it one time. I put some like, you know, half-assed review in there on the Google doc that we had there, but I was like, fine. I was like, okay. I didn't really listen super hard into it. And then I listened to it again in preparation for this and then another two times in the last week. And what I thought about it at the beginning, really, it, it, it definitely grew on me and it got better earlier. I felt like at the halfway mark, it really got good. Like it picked up and I love the rest of the songs. But like, as I listened to it again and again, like that halfway mark got brought closer up to the front. Cause I started like kind of feeling it and, and getting mm-hmm. to know the songs a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't, it's not like, I feel like Asia is like a, a lot flashier, you know, mm-hmm. like this song isn't as flashy. It's like more like, it's like very like refined in a way. And maybe that's because it like took longer to record and stuff. And like they're even putting like more hours into like producing it and like perfecting it, but it's just like just like a very like refined album. Uh, yeah, I, I think it has like more of a chill like mood as opposed to like I think Asia is more like yeah like kind of grand and like uh huh. I think yeah, I think that sounds like what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And like plus like Asia like when we were talking about it last week, there were a couple songs where we were like, I don't know kind of it's like what, what's this doing here you know or yeah. like what's this about like what does this have to do with like the rest of the album but then i feel like with this album like every song just like adds something unique to the the album and it but it all like comes together as one like complete thing and that that's yeah. really cool yeah i feel like this one's like oh maybe slightly more of like a i mean they all kind of have like a broad uh, concept of being just like pissed off at everything but mm-hmm. <laughs> this one seems like more of like a everyone's like skeevy and like i think yeah. it's pretty, kind of straightforward in that way like mm-hmm. not that i mean there's there's elements of that in like all their albums obviously so you don't want to go too far but i just feel like it's topically is you know they're all kind of the, the same it's like this mm-hmm. um you know coke dealer uh, uh you know people these hipsters that are getting old and being weird around young ladies um <laughs> but um yeah I think I, I think I have similar thoughts on, on all those. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, I mean, especially when we like think about albums that are like kind of old like this and like even just being able to come out with like, I mean, this is their seventh album. It just came out with like their like best album that everyone loved yet. It's still like different enough. Um, you know, like even just comparing them, like, it's not like, Oh, like this is just like more tracks of like Asia. You know what I mean? Like they totally like, come up with a different like kind of sound and um um but while also kind of you know again kind of staying true to like what their the steely dance sound or whatever but um so i thought that was impressive but um obviously with the gap between the two probably got everyone was just kind of um you know back to square one in some ways so um 
Cool. Yeah, I guess we can we can jump right in. We got I can't remember who has um which I'm gonna first Babylon yeah. Sisters. Yeah. You're up first, take, yep. Take it away. Yeah, so Babylon Sisters. This is a. I mean, if you didn't know, they're they they have a lot to say about LA. And so obviously they start off the album with a, a song about LA. And I don't know, just like the title Babylon Sisters, the first thing that comes to mind is like the biblical city of Babylon. Like obviously like like the Babylonians were like civilization and like the Mesopotamian stuff, but definitely instead of that historical, you kind of think more of like biblical sense of the city. It's like a city of sin, like slavery, death and destruction. Uh, Babylon's always seen as like the great oppressor. It's like, it's a stand-in for kind of like oppressive like regimes or empires and whatever. And um, obviously it's, it's this, I, this is like very much in line with what they like a lot of their views on LA. It's like this kind of place that you go to like die. It's like this very like dishonest, like sinful place. And the Bible, the Babylon sisters themselves, like in the more literal sense are prostitutes, right? Yeah, exactly. All right. I and, have to, all right, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. That That's like a really cool part is that, I don't know. I think like a, like in the Bible, you have like the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, which are like the sister cities, the sister cities of sin. But then like Babylon sisters, it's almost like you have two Babylons. Like there's like, it's like, I don't know. It seems worse than like just Sodom and Gomorrah. It's like two, it's, it's like in SpongeBob, the, uh, the two paint bubbles, you know, I don't know if you remember that episode. Wait, 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 what was that? Oh, the bubbles? Yeah. The paint, paint bubbles. Do you remember that episode of SpongeBob? SpongeBob goes, pain oh, bubbles, when it starts like exploding, yeah, 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 the paint, yeah, 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 because SpongeBob's like, oh no, what could be oh, worse right, than right. one giant paint bubble? Two, pa- yeah, goes, okay, yeah. two giant paint bubbles. So it's kind of like, <laughs> like that, like American excess in a way, you know? It's yeah. Uh, that sounds like right. one of those things where you like made a deal with someone. You're like, all right, you got to sneak in a reference to like the SpongeBob episode. Oh yeah, yeah. And you're just like, yeah, that one's That's actually like exactly something like when I was writing my notes, I, I didn't actually write that down. I wasn't planning on saying that, but it, it just sort of came out. But I don't know the, the the lyrics. It's obviously like this this probably this old sleazy guy. You know, he's always being featured in their songs, like kind of talking to these two uh, young, lovely sex workers. And um, I don't know. It just kind of like it's like a tale of like this, like what they like think about the city. Uh, uh, it's no one night stand. It's a real occasion. It's almost like trying to like legitimize this, like, you know, it's like, like polishing a turd in a way, you know, that's what LA does. Like you think it's this like city of dreams and stuff, it's the city of angels, but it's, it's this like horrible place and they hate it. Um, there's this part in the song about like the Santa Ana winds, which is like a very like unusual phenomenon and it kind of like, I don't know, brings to mind like this like ominous, like very bad, like signs of like the end times and shit. And uh, another thing that came to mind was like the horror Babylon in the book of Revelation, which is like symbolizes like the end of wor- the end of the world. And it, it symbolizes like idolatry and blasphemy. And that's like very much like in line with like how 
they uh, they view LA as this like very materialist place that's you know clashing with like their kind of ideas about what uh, it means to be like human or whatever, but also how we're like at war with ourselves. I guess you know it's like two two spiritual centers at war. It's Jerusalem and Babylon, but it's also like embodies how like we're ha- we have this inner war between ourselves. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's kind of like the message behind this song. I don't know. I feel like I went way too deep into it, but like <laughs> you went yeah, pretty I, deep. <laughs> I didn't think it would, I didn't think you would do that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but like, it's crazy. Cause like, I don't know, like Babylon, do you guys know like the tower of Babel, how they, they were going to build like a tower. It was like hubris, right? Yeah. It's hubris. But like the punishment for that, when you like destroy it, God destroys the tower is he makes everybody speak like a billion languages so they can't understand each other. And that's like a big part about like their experience in LA is they feel like aliens there. They don't feel like they belong there and stuff. It's, Mm. I don't know. There's just like a lot of, lot of like imagery going on there. And at least that's like what I picked up, but I guess like talking more about like the music, like it's really cool because like the guitar has like the offbeat strumming, you know, almost like it reminds you of like uh they, they have that in like haitian divorce right it's kind of like that like tropical feel like almost like like reggae in a way you know yeah and that's like, what i was the feeling syncopation. yeah the yeah. syncopation and like the the rhythm section the bass and the drums is very much like in line with that too but then like almost in opposition to that you have like the horns and the keyboard and the piano and stuff and it's like it's like very like ominous in a way you know so you have these like two like competing things. You have this like tropical, like, like LA, like it's, it's, it's a great place. The sun's shining, blah, blah, blah. But then you have like this underlying current of like something that doesn't feel right. And obviously, I mean, throughout Steely Dan's music, like there's that kind of like, you know, juxtaposition. And uh, I don't know. I thought it was like, thought it was pretty, uh, you know, relevant, especially considering like at least like some of the ideas i picked up on uh in the song yeah i feel like this is probably a good example of like one where like i probably have like a similar uh feeling as uh dan the first time i went through where like i think like the the like third or fourth or whatever second through fourth time you like hear the song like after you've like got a sense of like what the album and like what the sound feels like it's like better because you're just like oh like let me just like settle into this kind of like chill groove and like even if you like you know aren't really listening to the lyrics as much like I feel like I probably didn't appreciate it until you know and then you start just like listening to over and over again and like it kind of just settles into like the rest of the album a little bit but yeah I mean it has like all the stuff that I like about this album like it has the like I think the horns are kind of like well positioned kind of throughout and it has obviously that in the the chorus and just kind of has that nice little like crisp um groove that they kind of settle into but Mm -hmm. um yeah I like the song. I also started like writing down like I think you mentioned like it's it's a it's a real occasion, but I love like turn that jungle music down. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like just like Sunday, what to say. Sunday yeah. and TJ like Tijuana yeah. is really cool too. Yeah. I had like a funny connection where I was like, is he talking about? I kind of did this before with the Black Friday thing, but like, is he talking about TJ Maxx because it's like it's cheap <laughs> but it's not free? It kind of like it kind of makes sense. Yeah. So well, like, no, it's interesting. Um, I don't think they had that back then. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Didn't. There is like kind of like a feel from like some of the lyrics, like there's no such thing as a free lunch. Like, like you're yeah. going to pay for, you're going to pay eventually for like right. the 
what you have here. And like Sunday in Tijuana or TJ, you know, like it's like the morning after you're partying and stuff, you're like fucking hungover and shit. And mm-hmm. probably that's like kind of things. The, yeah. You regret some things. So like, that's like the same idea. There's no such thing. Yeah. It's a free lunch. Yeah. He also uses like show folk as like, we're going to walk on the beach and like, yeah. mm-hmm. like, it's just a funny, like they just nail like the, the, the like language to uh-huh. talk like they're old, old dudes. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, yeah, good song. Yeah. I, I like it. I I I feel like it's grown on me. Like I used to like kind of like was I was like that's a hey nineteen, you know, and I put the album yeah. on. But it's good. It's a good song. Yep. Um. Okay. I think we can move on to hey nineteen. Uh. I think this is mine, right? I kind of it's not mine myself because so. I I changed. Yeah. I think it's not it mine. mine. Um. Yeah. I mean, it kind of like obviously like I mentioned like the the like the like what you know, Babylon Sister sounds like, and I feel like it kind of continues that like theme a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote down like, uh, I had some other like, you know, like lyrics that I like from this one that we can get to. This one, I guess was the, I don't know if you guys read it all about like uh, Wendell, which is like this like drum machine that Roger Nichols um, basically like buys and programs. And that's like why all the percussion or not all the percussion, but on some of the songs in Hey 19 is one of them where it's like everything is like on the beat. Like it's, it doesn't have as much like improv, at least from the the rhythm section as like Asia did. And it's because they had a literal computer um, playing the drums and looping the drums. Um, That's interesting. They they make it work. Like whatever they do it, like on top of it with the bass, with the guitar, with the keys, especially, I think. Yeah. Right. Um, And they have some, it a little, it makes it funkier over a very mathematical beat. I didn't, I didn't actually pick up on that. That's interesting. Yeah, like I kind of always thought that like I was like, oh, like this is like Gaucho just seems so like crisp and like just like you know what I mean. Like you kind of pick up on that, but like I don't think I would. I the first time I didn't really even know until I would like uh, you know did some research on it and stuff. But um, but yeah, it is interesting. Like I guess uh, I forget what song. Oh, I think it was Showbiz Kids um, from Countdown to Ecstasy. Donald Fagan was like, "Can we just get a fucking like machine, basically?" And like he was super <laughs> pissed that like they couldn't figure out a way to like hit the beat like every time. And so Roger Nichols eventually was just like, yeah, just like give me like 150 grand and I can get this, um, this machine that he had to like, um, I did a little bit of research on him and like, it's like, he had to like make his own like programming language, which is like insane. So he's just like a super smart guy. Yeah. Um, So kind of before all those machines were popularized, right? Yeah, so I think, like, I was trying to figure out exactly, like, how it worked, but, yeah, like, there wasn't anything that was, like, oh, like, you press this button, and it, like, mimics, like, there was no, like, user interface, like, he had to kind of know, like, almost, like, build the machine himself, like, he had kind of, like, the hardware to do it, but, like, everything else he kind of just did from scratch, it's kind of amazing. I guess on another song, they had, like, a, they used, like, a drum loop that he had to make out of, like, tape once, so it was, like, literally going above, like, a chair in the studio and stuff. (laughs) Um, until they they you know got the machine um, which is pretty funny but um, but yeah so this is the first the I think I, I don't know exactly which one this used I know it's used on this one but I just thought it was kind of interesting and kind of makes sense where like everything is very like crisp and kind of on the on the beat in terms of the the rhythm section anyway but um, yeah I mean this one has like the obviously like the same kind of trope is like um, you know, Babylon Sisters and some of the other, like, I guess, like, creepy songs that they've yeah, done that they uh-huh. kind of, like, play these, like, I don't know what the right word is, like, fading hipsters and, like, 
Um, I actually thought he said move down to Scottsdale. Where the hell am I? But like, I heard Scottsdale too. <laughs> yeah, I guess it, I, I looked up the lyrics and it's Scarsdale, which is like kind of the same thing, but it's in New York. Um, oh, okay. But he's kind of just like, what the, where, what am I doing? Um, but it's funny in like light of like, I don't know. I just think of like all those cities that everyone kind of end up moving to. And I can just imagine like this old guy in like Portland or something. Like, I just kind of thought it was like a funny, like, I don't know, something that ever, like, you know, everyone has like the new, whatever the new like hipster town is. And like, you just hear about those types of things a lot more often now, but I was thinking of like an uncle Rico type character, like a washed out, like, yeah, yeah. especially like I was like a dandy gamma chai, like that, that lyric, Mm. I was like a frat star. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's a really ass. good one. Yeah. yeah, I was getting late all the time, and now, mm-hmm. now I'm in Scarsdale, Arizona. <laughs> yeah, but it's almost like he's like he's like kind of realizing like how like bad like how just like pathetic it is. He's like, we can't yeah. talk about anything. We can't dance. We can't like. It's like, what I know, am it's I doing? Sad. Yeah, uh, in some ways, but I, it's a I little was, sad. Like... But it's also a little bit. Of, it's a little bit diluted. Mm-hmm. yeah it is because yeah it is he he does think his like shit doesn't stink i guess yeah i think so yeah there's a lot of that like and i don't mean to jump it into time out of mind but like that's what struck me the most of that particular song so it's cool to see it reflected in this one as well mm-hmm. Wait, like, what do you that's mean? a consistent theme well time out of mind um i'll just say it really briefly but like you know how chase the dragon is yeah yeah, yeah. pretty universally negative connotation right but it's all upbeat there's like almost mm. no juxtaposition against like that language or sorry uh-huh. against like the song being all about drugs there's no lyrics that even remotely insinuate that this could turn bad yeah yeah right like, everything is good like i'm convincing myself because i'm probably like on coke yeah i mean it's kind of genius to have like the, they have like the background singers like the no oh can't yeah talk at all like it's just so like oh i forgot I, I yeah yeah, the background, yeah. Great. the background singers in Babylon Sisters are amazing too. Yeah. Tell they me I'm use... the only one. Like, like it's so good. And you got like the two voices, like, tell me I'm the only one. Yeah. It's like it's a... it's, <laughs> it's so like like creepy sounding, you know? It's like yeah. very like unsettling. Yeah. And I, I was reading a, a, a Reddit comment um to back to our, how we opened the podcast, but um and they're like they're, it was a good point though, like they could have just like laid into like using Michael McDonald for everything, like mm-hmm. given how like successful Peg was and just like how good that sounded. But like, I think, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, because of their creativity, I think they found a good way of like, you know, I think using the background singers, um, you know, a little bit more, I think throughout uh, yeah. all these, the, the Gaucho songs. So um, I think that was a good choice and mm-hmm. kind of is, is a good fit with like the horns and just kind of the feel yeah. of the songs too. Um, I wrote down that like his little we- his weird Fagan's weird like the like mm, mm, mm. yeah yeah like, yeah, yeah a little that's lower weird. now I'm like what the hell is going Dude, on no no what's really funny is like like the past albums like Fagan's just like you know reluctantly like singing lead vocals on all them but then in this song it, it like sounds like he's like finally embracing it he's like finally like loving it he's like really like he's having a good time there which I sure. love that it's so good. It's yeah, amazing. It was, um, I love the the Cuervo gold. Like he kind of sings that, yeah, that yeah. Cuervo gold, the fine Colombian. Like that's a great like. Yeah, I don't I even know that what that means. That but... I was waiting for like that yeah. kind of shit. Like yeah. I'm actually happy that I asked you guys what that meant because then I feel like this album is like 
a more of an embodiment than like Asia is. I was like, oh, this is like Yacht Rock. Like this is like yeah. what I would, yeah, I've listened exactly. to two albums knowing what it is. And I, and this seems like a good example I, of it. So. And that, that like bridge or whatever, the guitar is just like so good. And yeah, I, like, I love the part yeah. with like the, it was, a, it's almost like a call and response between the, the like piano or keyboard and the guitar. It's like, keep going like that like call and response thing is like is so cool that little we band. don't know the rights I love to that, it. that song yeah i know the, <laughs> the podcast is gonna be uh, shut down it's i'll have to put it in the the notes of the it's really hard episode. not to like to just like jump right into like mimicking what it is because well, it's funny it's nice uh you know to, to hang out because like, like we could just be like oh like like we'll put the song on spotify and like you can hear it um but not like on the podcast like you can't you really have yeah, yeah. So you're just like you have to sing it yeah exactly um, but, but yeah i think like that was all i had for for hey 19 i think um, one one more thing i wanted to add is yeah. uh the the whole like we can't talk at all you know mm-hmm. it actually ties in really nicely with the whole tower of babel imagery you know mm. We can't talk at all. Like we don't understand each other. Just like going back to that the biblical story. It's really cool. Oh wow! Yeah, I wonder if that's intentional because this is. I mean, in the context of this song, Mm -hmm. it's extremely literal. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. If it's as thought out as you're saying, then yeah, I mean that could be that could be a callback to that. Yeah. It's kind of interesting too. Just like I mean, I guess like all their songs are kind of like that. Like this might be the most because this is like one of the singles. So just like thinking about this, like playing on like peg like that has like a negative spin to it but like you could see how that would get would get played on the radio like and it, mm. it's not really that like this is specifically like the song is about something that's like kind of like sketchy and like weird mm-hmm. um so it's interesting that i'm sure people like you know when you like, hear songs on the radio you're not like even if you're casually listening to this song like you will not necessarily like, pick up on things but this is like one where it's like oh like this is like a weird like kind of dark song and like mm-hmm. it's the number one single they have on this one so yeah anyway I guess you would say that about a lot of their songs, but I don't know about how I don't know how dark it's intended to be though, because like at the time, I mean, what what year again? 1980? 1980, yeah, yeah. 1980. It's a little bit less of a no-no to be like, oh, I'm just this old guy dancing with this young mm-hmm. girl. Like it's like a oh, you know, it, it felt a little more playful to me than than great. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think in like the I don't know. I think with the mindset of time, like it's with the today's weird, mindset, yeah. it's like you're, you're, uh, we're like shocked canceled? that there's no lyrics canceled that are like culture? denouncing it right yeah, yeah. But here it's like well it's just kind of a goofy yeah it's, it's a goofy song it's playful funny. little yeah thing right it, it, it is playfully sleazy how about that yeah. yeah that's like did you see um the movie poltergeist no i haven't there's a, there's a scene where the daughter is like sexually harassed by, by a bunch of builders that are doing work at the house, like right in front of the girl's mom. And the mom just like laughs it off. Are they ghosts or they're just like regular people? No, they're real dudes. It's, it's like the first like five minutes of the movie. Yeah, the <laughs> ghost sexually harassed the girl. That's they're so funny. Her. <laughs> when did that no, movie yeah. come out? In the 70s? I think in the, in the 80s. In the 80s? Spielberg. It was a Spielberg movie. I love that in like an 80s movie. It's like, Oh, the, the movie hasn't really started yet. Let's, let's have these guys sexually harass this woman. <laughs> it's like, it's just like regular movie banter. They're like, well, what are we, really what good. else are we supposed yeah, to do? Yeah, what else are we supposed to do with it? Yeah. It has like nothing to do with the rest of the plot line or anything. Well, so they, the thing that, they ha- that has to do with the plot line is they're digging a pool in the backyard. Uh-huh. And that's what causes like the poltergeist shit to happen because they're in, the, they're on like a burial ground. 
I believe. Yeah, right. And that's once the, whole the thing pool, they get down there, they yeah. hit remains, and then all the weird shit starts to happen, I think. Yeah, right. Because mm. it gets unleashed. That's a good movie. I just watched it. That's why I remember it so readily. Otherwise, I would never remember that tiny detail in that movie. Mm. Um, but this is this is a fun song. Yeah, considered like one it. of the bangers for sure. Yeah, definitely has like I mean I guess all and like I think I noticed this like at the end of one of my lessons where I was just like you can kind of like not actually I should take that back because I wouldn't include uh, Third World Man at the end but like you kind of just naturally like you can just nod your head to most of these songs mm-hmm. um whereas like i think you got on asia you have like the the the, the titular we learned last uh, last episode <laughs> titular yeah i, um, I remember <laughs> um you know kind of like you, it, you there's obviously like parts where it's a little bit more abstract and stuff whereas i feel like most of these um you know are pretty easy to listen to for the most part so um yeah it's definitely like light rock throughout yeah. this one Except, yep. yeah, with the exception of a couple of songs. Yeah, and like, yeah, little sections or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, Loach, you want to take on uh, Glamour Yeah, profession? Glamour Profession. Yeah, so this is this is actually one of my favorite Steely Dan songs. I, I remember, like, I think it was last year when I, like, really, like, started getting into it. Like, like listening to, like, most of the steely dan albums like actually not just like a couple of songs but then like when this song like really stood out just because i don't know i feel like this song could be a movie it's like it it's it's so it's such a cool like narrative but i love it's like that classic like steely dan it like seems like it could be a movie because it's all these like very highly specific like vignettes and stuff like that Mm -hmm. you know and but it's so specific but because it's so suspe- uh, bleh, specific, it's like kind of vague too. Like you don't even know like the dealer's name, but you feel like you're like getting like a real sense of like who this person is. Cause it's obviously, it's about like a Coke dealer or like a drug dealer in LA. Yeah. Um, you kind of like imagine, like I, you can imagine the character, which is like yeah, driving around and shit, you know, like yeah. driving around like sunset. Well, it's cool. Yeah. It's shit. like, here's all the weird ass people that I meet on this on this nightly run. Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's one this night. Into my job. It's exactly. Great. And, it, and it, it like really, they do a great job just like nailing all like the different people like you run into in LA. It's actually um, funny that you mentioned that this could be a movie because there's that stupid show. It's, it, it, it's a very pretentious show on HBO. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a, uh, well, fucking. Is the James High, Franco high Maintenance. No, it's High Maintenance. It's about oh. a dude who drives around on his bicycle and delivers weed to people. And it's like one of those like, New York is so magical type TV shows. Oh, mm. that's unfortunate. And it's very pretentious. I watched one episode and I was like, this is... I might, I might check it out because of the watch, glowing Watch review. just one episode. You'll have yeah. you'll have exactly... You'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> awesome. Unless you like it, in which case, yeah. it's a great show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's like so cool because like with all like the different like verses, you can almost like picture these people in your mind. Like... Hoops McCann is is one of the coolest names of all time, by the way. Yeah. And like I the whole thing about him on. becoming yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of reminds me of like one keg Jones. Like yeah, I was, one keg I was Jones. like, I was like, this is something that like we would have 
we would have said. Yeah, you know, like going to like the Holy Cross uh, basketball yeah, games. Yeah, Scoops McCann is going to be there. He's going to be shooting all the good <laughs> yeah, ones yeah, tonight. Yeah. There's a there's a John Cusack movie where he plays a basketball recruit named Hoops McCann. Oh really? Yeah, I think Wait, so... I, I think they get the name from this song. Oh, which is really it must. How, yeah. I mean, how else could they? Yeah, this song yeah. came before. That's awesome. Crashing the backboards. He's Jungle, Jungle Jim. Jim. Yeah, that is like the coolest. Like, I I love that so much. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, that kind of like shows like you know like like big time athletes celebrities buying coke. And then there's the verse about it's like someone's got their radar. We're chasing the like giant Murray eel. Like they're like picking up heroin in a submarine. Cause like, that's like how they did drug deals in the, in California back in the day. It was like, they would literally mm-hmm. have submarines to pick up like submerged packages, which is like, it's so cool. Um, then there's like a verse about selling drugs to bikers. Uh, then you got uh, Jive Miguel from, uh, in Bogota, you know, and then they're they're eating uh, Szechuan dumplings at Mr. Chow's after the deal. It's just like it's just like one night, you know, like everything. Well, he's goes the guy. Right. He's the guy who comes back to resupply him because he's from Colombia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's the guy with the big bag, and then they eat, and then they make the exchange. Yeah, exactly. Either it, at it, the restaurant or outside the restaurant. It's like he just re-upped, and that's the end of the song. It's yeah, like, all right, got more cocaine. It's so good. Gonna go oh, spread it around. It's a line like pretty wild. Uh, what is it? It's uh, uh, is it living life will take its toll? What's, what's living the, hard will take its toll. Living hard will take its toll. I I love that. It's almost like it's mm-hmm. like it's like what he says to people when they're like buying drugs. It's like you know, like take it easy, like like just have a good time, you know. But I think like one of the coolest things about the song is like they spell glamour profession like with the extra u like a Brit in the British spelling and they're making it seem like this uh, like fabulous flamboyant lifestyle, despite him being like a seedy drug dealer. And like, he's, oh, like, he says like, money. I'm the one, you know, like I'm the one, like he's acting like he is like, like the big shot. And he's just it like, like he, it seems like he is though. It yeah, exactly. Like but it seems like kingpin. it is. But like the fact that in this city, this guy who's just like a scummy drug dealer is like, like friends with everybody and stuff it's like like what does that say about the city you know it's like what does it say about this place yeah. well that's why i like that line like, like hollywood i know your middle name yeah hollywood i know your middle name well that's the best because that's... it's like yeah you go would ahead, be sorry. fucking nowhere mm-hmm. if i didn't fuel the people who basically run your city yeah. who bring money into your city and if i didn't fuel them with drugs yeah and make them performers and athletes and whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Like I know the dirty secret behind the success of the town. Exactly. It's great. It's so cool. Cause it shows like what, and I mean, during the eighties, like, like you have a big rise in, in drug violence and stuff, you know, uh, crack cocaine is starting to become more popular. And um, I don't know. It's funny. Yeah, LA in particular too. Yeah, exactly. Big, yeah. Yeah. I, I read. Well, there's a lot of references to. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. You say what? Um, I was gonna say that those like '80s like Lakers teams, like which are obviously in it, like those are great. Like you have like Magic Johnson and like, yeah, exactly. Kareem, like who apparently like obviously slept with all these people and like yeah. were doing like our drugs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they have those basketball references and like yeah, exactly. You know, they're not directly about the Lakers, but they probably are in some ways. Yeah, exactly. I I read this 
in a review online, someone said that the song puts class in the underclass, which I thought was like a really <laughs> cool way to sum it up. Like, like this drug dealer who yeah, lives like the in the underworld. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. almost like the, it's like legitimizing these like criminals basically which is really well, that's what cool. you got at the end you got illegal fun under the sun yeah exactly under yeah. the sun yeah no it, damn it's well right out it's in the illegal. open everybody knows we're in the open here we go yeah, yeah. but i love that 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 line hollywood i know your middle name is so cool because you could also see it as like uh fagan and becker like saying it you know like they're like i know like what's going on here you know like i know mm. everything about you i i know exactly why this place sucks basically yeah, it's a you little know, bit of an they, aside you're right yeah it's exactly very knowing but I, um i guess i go more into like the the musical aspect of the song um there's this i one of like the best parts about the song is you have this like kind of like disco beat driving the song with the the bass and drums you know it's like it's very like funky sounding um i think the song sounds like 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 a futuristic song in a way it sounds like something you listen to like a, in a space station like you know like like the 80s idea of like what a space station would be i don't know that's how i always <laughs> like, like uh, come to my mind was it like the space wars uh that was like just when reagan was coming out with the space yeah wars yeah that's things. a good point yeah oh, they literally called it star wars yeah yeah exactly wars, it's a, yeah. It, it, and around the 80s like we, it is kind of like they're like approaching a lot of these like futuristic like ideas and stuff like that but I couldn't stop listening to like the synth. Like I don't know if it's like an inverted sound, like that. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, yeah. That's like it almost sounds inverted, but I wasn't sure if it was just because I was like listening to it so much. Like I was just focusing. I think it's on just it what they're doing like, with the horns. I think it's yeah. just yeah, something they're doing there. I don't think yeah. it's inverted yeah, it's super... though. I'm I'm glad mm-hmm. you brought up the horns because like yeah. the horns like well like obviously like disco songs like and, like funk songs you get like horn sections. These like horns are like very like unsettling to me, you know. It's like it adds this like very like it, it's very eerie sounding, especially with like the keyboard and pianos and stuff. Yeah, it's, towards it, the end, it's very like minor sounding and yeah, it's mm, like really like creepy, weird. Yeah, and again, like they they have those like underlying like kind of like unsettling, uh, um, like like in opposition to the uh, the rhythm section, which is really cool. But yeah, yeah, this is a great song. I love a song. As it, like, the bass line is good too. I, there's only yeah. like a couple parts so you can like kind of hear it like crisply, but like there's a nice like fill in the beginning with the mm-hmm. bass sounds. Yeah, and the sound. guitar solo at the end is really cool too. Yeah, it's a good song. Cool. Anything else on Glamour Profession? No. Got Gaucho up next. All right. Um, so yeah, we mentioned a couple times that there are you know areas in this album where it where it cools down and this is definitely this is definitely it mm-hmm. it kind of <laughs> swings into this like kind of for some reason with the sax leading the way it does it reminds me of like the, like the snl intro or outro mm. like nice okay why, yeah, yeah, yeah you I got know it. what i mean like very mm. kind of like <laughs> loungy kind of <laughs> sounding mm. um which i think is cool it's like all right we're we're, we're calming down from the the excitement of glamour profession because that's like you know a real high flying energy song with this i don't know just kind of a breath it's like a, it's a bit of a breath here we go you know yeah it's definitely not as like yeah but like like high change the pace and i think if it's gonna go anywhere if they're gonna do something anywhere it's here um if they were to change up the the tone mm-hmm. the way they do 
Yeah. Um, this was it's it's funny because if we're gonna do like what ages the worst, I think this is probably what ages the worst with the subject matter. It's like, mm. am I understanding it wrong? Where it's this guy bringing a boyfriend around and they're like, get him the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's like am something like that. Yeah, I think it's what I it didn't is. make that I mean, connection, there's... but I think yeah, I think you. I love I love the like, oh, right special friend. Yeah, the chorus is like. It's like, who is this guy? Like, why is he wearing these clothes? What is he doing yeah. here? Like, get he's him wearing out your of here. clothes. He's wearing yeah. your elevator shoes. Yeah, yeah. And then the line like "Bodacious Cowboys," which I know obviously came before "Brokeback Mountain," but I was like, oh, like that's somewhat <laughs> a reference. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they're basically like, just get get your boyfriend out of here the mm. whole time. This is what I thought. Yeah. I mean, am I wrong? No. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think that's pretty much right. the gist yeah. of it. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I think in this song too, like they just do again with like the characters and just like, it's just easy to imagine like, you know, that, that scene where like, they're clearly like in, in an argument, like, no, we can't sleep on the floor. Like, what do you think I'm yelling for? Like, yeah, they just do a good job of like, even like in a different kind of scene where it's not like this grand uh, kind of narrative, uh, like uh, glamour profession, but like, it's still like a good, like, it's just a story like and, and they do a good job i think of like yeah it um, paints this it paints this scene bringing that out um there's certain mm-hmm. things that i thought like about where it took place and i and i looked it up but apparently it takes place because when they say at the end like high in the custer dome yeah that's another yeah. that's another one of those fictional places in this uh-huh. case it's a it's a large luxury apartment building right hmm. but i didn't i didn't interpret it as that until i looked it up i thought it yeah. was just like general custer who's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think that's definitely part of it but it's like funny to say like this guy like gaucho means like cowboy or whatever like this cowboy doesn't belong with custer who you know is like associated with like those kind of you know sentiments i guess but it's like funny yeah it's like ironic in a way your spangled leather poucho and you got general custer yeah kind of an old stuffy type figure um so right it's like a rejection of like you know whatever liberalism or progressivism mm-hmm. is happening here um and they're like yeah get the fuck out of here yeah but i thought for some reason at the beginning i'm when, when i hear like the first like the first couple verses like i just thought they were in a bar for some reason mm-hmm. yeah and then i thought it was extra funny when they're like no we can't sleep on the floor i'm like did he get drunk suddenly and like, yeah asking to sleep on the floor but then right. i have to like take it back and be like wait uh-huh. no they're at some residence and he can't stay with you he can't stay here how did he get here but yeah we can't take care of him we won't he's not waiting in the car either <laughs> get him get him out of here it's just a funny thing yeah yeah you can just you can just sense the like just that like like irritation of like that character who's like get the fuck like get this guy out of here yeah 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 it's funny yeah, everyone like, has that experience of like kicking someone out of like right. their house yeah everybody just... everybody does yeah <laughs> oh my god it like you kind of get this feel of like i don't know because it's like la and stuff like maybe like the the narrator the song is like uh i don't know like an agent for like a movie star or like he's like a like a movie producer or something and he's like telling this like celebrities like stop stop like bringing this guy around like he's gonna like ruin your image basically like i know like in la you can like do whatever you want basically like you can get away with a lot of stuff but like you're like openly flaunting this like lifestyle that 
like is very like offensive to a lot of people especially at that time it's like you're gonna like ruin your career basically so that's why he's like it's like just get him out of here just get him out of here no it's funny it's a, and that it's could be point. a reflection on like how superficial that the, the yeah exactly business. yeah it's like we don't want mm-hmm. your image ru- or you shouldn't you should know better not to want your image ru- ruined you shouldn't mm-hmm. be parading this guy around yeah I was going to say, at some point, I started imagining uh, Randy from Trailer Park Boys with his cowboy hat on as being the guy <laughs> like, who has to get kicked out. What's I his just name when he perfect... does that? He changes yeah. his name. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Smokey. Like, Smokey. Yeah, Smokey. His name's Smokey now. He just kind of fits that character. Like, get the man's fuck out of here, Randy. Yeah. yeah. Man's got to eat. <laughs> oh, my God. Looking for cheeseburgers. Yeah. I'm sure I've ruined that the song now for, for you guys next time you hear it, but or maybe it makes it no, better. No, it made it better. <laughs> it made it better. Uh-huh. Yeah. The big I like old the, um, off Randy. <laughs> I like that little like keyboard, like I mean the keyboard kind of sets like the like groove in between the verse and they like put that little like I don't know what, what kind of effect it is, but um I don't know. I, I kinda like the way the keys sound on this one too. I like the keys throughout, but oh yeah. It's cool. It, it reminded yeah. me of the keys in um god damn it in babylon sisters the way it starts mm. off like it's it's like the keys come right in yeah and it's mellowed out they kind of set the tone yeah yeah it's cool um i didn't really have too too much to say about this one there's like you know uh, musically i mean yeah um it's really just lyrics forward on this one they don't build a lot of the time in to this particular song for long solos or anything like that it's a shorter one. Um, it's like one after the next, after the next, and then the song is kind of over. But if, if any instrument were to shine, it'd be, you know, the sax for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, oh, one, one really annoying line that I pulled from when I found out what Custer Dome meant to look that up on, the, on that Steely Dan dictionary. I guess there was another interview and they were like asked what the Custer Dome is. And they just said it exists only in our collective imagination. Ah, it's the worst. Oh, yeah. They're like, we just made it up. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. That's pretty funny. That's a classic. Uh, well, I haven't seen that that many interviews with them, but that sounds like what they would say. You know what I mean? They're just very close to the best. Yeah, um, and they really give no reason to, or rather, they really have no reason to tell anybody what it means. Like. You, you just kind of understand that it's a place. It doesn't need to be, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to have a specific name. Yeah. You kind of get it without, like, it could say anything and you'd be like, oh, okay. Like, hi. Kind of like Scarsdale. Like, like Scarsdale is a no name. Yeah. Like, you, like, not anybody listening to that song, I, I bet. Right. Would really know where that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently it's in New York and I'm from there. And I have no idea where it is. I have to look Right. It like, it's, and that's the thing. Like, it's a, it's a name that's real, but it's also, like, not terribly distinguishable. Yeah, could be anywhere. exactly. Um, I th- I had one more thing I was gonna say. I can't remember now. Oh, they almost get like kind of they get kind of in trouble with this song because it uh, they basically like rip off the uh, keys from like another jazz song, and they end up having to credit uh, forget who um, and pay him like kind of like loyalties off the. They basically cut a deal with the the um, whoever song it was. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I listened to it. I, like, I could definitely recognize. It. I didn't like listen to him like before and after, but there it was definitely one of those things where they probably like were half inspired by it. But who, who really knows? But the fact I that they kind of do my research. It, yeah. 
Um, um, but yeah, yeah, that was about all I had for that one. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, so I guess I've got I've got time out of mind. Oh, cool. So um, this is where I think you know, having listened to it for like the first time of the few that I did in preparation for this, this is kind of where I identify the album as turning around. Mm. Like I was, Mm -hmm. it was, it's such a, and it's probably because of where it's placed, like right after a song like Gaucho, which is kind of airy and lounge act sounding with the sax Mm -hmm. and it's slower tempo. Whereas this is like a full blown, like it's not as disco-y as glimmer profession, but it's upbeat. It's like that kind of, like kind of yacht rocky, like mm-hmm. up, um, light. There aren't a lot of solo sections. It's all like very danceable. Yeah, like it's not like a jazz track. They're not really showcasing a lot of instruments on this. It's more about that disco type of sound, especially during the chorus. Mm-hmm. And it's like, here comes a weird sing along ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, like it's it's real. It's purposefully a pop song. Yeah. Um, starting with form first, and then you get into the lyrics. Um, and this is kind of the thing that I was talking about earlier. Every, every other song up to this point has had like, there's a very thin veneer of, like you said, like classing up the underclass, classing mm-hmm. up the mm-hmm. seediness of things, but also like in every song, they acknowledge the seediness of it. This one is like, fuck it. I'm going to go like, I assume it's Coke because it's a dancey mm. song. It's not heroin when they say chase the dragon, but like, I'm going to totally unashamed. I'm, I'm just going to go and do it and I'm gonna have a great time. Everything is going to be good. Water's going to become wine. <laughs> like I do not care. And there's nothing negative acknowledged in this song. Mm. So it ends on a high note. It ends great. We're doing awesome. There's actually a, there's a part of the song that references, uh, I think Tibet. It's mm. like a, uh, I think Lhasa. Uh, I think I read this. Yeah, like, Lhasa is like a place in Tibet, which was like, like an opium epicenter or whatever. Mm. Which is like, oh, so it could be really heroin. Cool. Then. Yeah. So I, 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 I think, but I think it's like both. It's like all, you know, like yeah. Because yeah. like, like I was, I was going to actually there. ask you guys what you think it closely, it, it's most closely referencing. Mm-hmm. Because I always associated it with, I always associated like that phrase "chase the dragon" with like doing heroin. Yeah, but because of the way it sounds, um, it's it's like yeah, it's upbeat. It's not like a I, I hear like, like a cocaine downer, right? Yeah, exactly. Because it's like disco, you know. It's so groovy. <laughs> right. Like you're not doing heroin and like going to like dance at a disco. Like no, like, oh, you're, you're like going to lie on the floor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then there's the that line right after the Lhasa mm-hmm. line where it's like where people are ro- rolling in the snow. It's like, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, that's like, like coke too. Yeah, it's there's true. like it's an abundance of cocaine there. Yeah, maybe it's both. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think because of because of the subject matter, how there's no development, there's no acknowledgement of like maybe this is another side to this. Like it's all good. Yeah. And yeah, because he- of the form, how it's dancey, how there's no solos, how it's like just one, two, three, four, like done yeah it doesn't leave much to think about but it's a fun i feel like super fun song it's like it's a little bit shorter than the rest of the songs in the album right isn't it like yeah it's, it's 412 like 412 it's the shortest. oh no, it's then, not, it is the shortest yeah because they don't yeah they don't spend a lot of time with the solo they don't have to 
really elaborate much I, on the idea they had. I love the like around like the two minute mark. There's like an instrumental like yeah, bridge like, or whatever. Bing, bing, bing. It yeah. sounds it sounds like an Earth, Wind, and Fire song. It's like it's so <laughs> funny. Like, like it's it's so oh, that's good. A good that. That's a good yeah. comparison. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, yeah. This might be like a good. We're about to do our little like uh, um you know intro to like Ween and stuff like that. Like this would be like a good song. Like if I was like showing someone who like didn't know about Steely Dan, like to get them into them, like maybe this would be a good like candidate. Like I think this would be a good songs, song. But... It's like fun. Yeah, you know. It's yeah. Like... And it has like the like the jazz elements and like uh, the instrumental stuff. I really like the. Um, I just feel like he sings that like uh, it's just so convincing. It's like the the it's perfection and grace. The smile on my face like it yeah, just sounds like uh, so like he just like is so convincing. Like yeah, like, he's uh, what's, he's like an ecstasy basically. You know it's yeah, like he, yeah, he's on heroin. He's like heroin or coke or whatever. Yeah, the whole the whole idea of like time out of my mind, like yeah. when you're like on drugs like that you like don't even like comprehend like consequences for your actions because like like you're like completely out of like this like a linear like idea of like how time goes like you're gonna like spend time now and then like the next day you're gonna have to like deal with like all the shit that you did basically it's almost like like there is no time like yeah you, it's you're like, just like time period there's no consequences whatsoever yeah. mm-hmm. i'm escaping completely yep. That might be the only hint of any kind of negativity. It's like, well, I'm escaping. Well, I'm escaping from what? And it's not yeah. mentioned here. But, yeah, exactly. But that's the only thing that points to something that's less than mm-hmm. fantastic in this song. Yeah. It's kind of funny that it's like the water may change to cherry wine, but silver will like will definitely turn to gold. Basically. Yeah. Like it's kind of I don't know. It's well, probably it's interesting. Just I, syllables, I read <laughs> I read something online that said like it's cool that you brought up like the difference in language for that, because like they say that the silver turning to gold references uh, like cooking, cooking up the heroin in, in tin oh. foil or whatever. Oh, like okay. as it browns, oh. it turns to gold. I didn't know about gold. that. That's cool. So, so it's like, like you know, like the water like cherry wine, but this is what's going to happen. Yeah, this is what's definitely going to happen, brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is like when uh, you had your wine night, Lori, you were saying oh, for my your God. wine. For your wine, yeah. Is this when we found you in the toga? Yeah, you found me in the toga. We went to uh, went to one of the parties. For we went, I think we went to that college street party. I think we did. Yeah, Yeah. you were in the toga. It was just, it was like drenched in wine. Yeah, everyone. The funniest thing I've ever seen. Everyone at the party was like trying to make fun of me at first, but then they didn't realize that I was like completely impervious to any like you know chirping and so eventually like all right fine he's okay he's too powerful <laughs> yeah exactly i was immune i remember that i have like a weird like vivid memory where uh dan i was wearing uh jay's northeastern sweatshirt <laughs> and like i was like standing in front of like um like the speaker or something and like like some girl like came up was like do you like do you go to northeastern like do you and i was like oh yeah like do you know um uh <laughs> Uh, and then I just like froze and, and she was like fuck off like she was so pissed I like lied about going to Northeastern but it was definitely worth it that is really good I don't think I yeah. know that story do you yeah uh, it was so uh... funny so I, I was just like fuck. it was like when the what was the Clark one the are you the cops are you the cops you guys the cops yeah. she was not yeah. happy with me <laughs> or the general situation probably I love that that's so good that's funny um, I think we probably could move on to, from this one. That's really all I needed to say about 
time out of mind i liked it a lot it was it's a it's a cool song it's unusual in the way that it totally glorifies like being addicted to heroin mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of you're like it's a nice like change of pace and like a little bit of a turn from like having to like comprehend like characters and stuff it's just like just a kind of just a, a banger yeah for sure song. liked it we got a uh, my rival which is mine um yeah, I, I like the song a lot. I like. I feel like it ends up getting kind of underrated on this album, um, just because like of the songs that are kind of up front and like time. Mm-hmm. Like I think "Time Out of Mind" is probably the um, single most people think about, and then some of the other uh, songs up front we already mentioned. So I feel like it kind of gets brushed under the rug. But I really like the like. There's like that keyboard keyboard like kind of I said drone sound where it's just like kind of always in the in the background. It has like a, a good like kind of groove. Um, it's probably more similar to like. Um, you know, it's, it's on the shorter side and it's a little bit more like um, poppier than I guess the other songs, but definitely has like a good, good groove. And it has like a really cool, like um, interlude where like the bass cuts out and then it's like the, it kind of cuts into like the keyboard solo. And then there's like this bluesy, like, ding, ding, like the bluesy horns that come in. So it's actually kind of a lot like packed into like a four minute song. So it's kind of a, um, I don't know, it just kind of kept me like on my toes and kind of still has like the good, um, like lyrical references that I like, I, I love the, um, I struck a match against the door of Anthony's bar and grill. Like it just yeah. sounds like, I don't know, <laughs> having grown up in like, or, and then like kind of currently living in like the suburbs, like it's just so funny. Like every place has like an Anthony's bar and grill. I can yeah. I know exactly what it looks like. It, yep. They're all the uh-huh. same. Um, and like, it's just so funny to like, again, they kind of do such a good job of like kind of teasing out the characters and like kind of putting mm-hmm. you in, in their shoes, I guess. But um but yeah uh that was kind of all i had i kind of just um spit out everything but what did you guys think so um starting with like musically i thought it was cool or not i thought it was interesting that you picked this one because you're i mean i think you're a lot more like hip-hop minded than myself or laurie Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as we like it, you have more of an ear for it. And yeah. this song really felt like it was conducive to a sample. Like there's mm. probably, I want to, I never looked it up, but I was wondering if that main little riff, that little guitar riff is made into a sample. Cause it, it's got what it really good potential. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't even actually think mm-hmm. about that. Or even like that little, like, like I said, like where it kind of cuts out and like has that little, like, um, that, that is like almost like sounds like hip hop where it's like the, just kind of the something of like the uh yeah and if they use if they, they use the drum machine on this one like you said that they did throughout the album then there you go you got that like really um rigid kind of mathematical precise yeah keeping it That'd was kind of a cool name if you're like <laughs> if you're like a if you're like a producer you say you're a beekeeper beekeeper oh i like that yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna use that there's like a doom uh actually this, I shouldn't this is not like appropriate. He um <laughs> he, uh, had like a sample cut it out. of cut um, it out and post if you need it. Yeah, I'll cut it out if I if I feel like I offended a bunch of people. He had like a sample of like um it was like a homeowner's um like commercial that he sampled and he cut out like the word owners like the end. So he like it ends up kind of like poking fun <laughs> at like you can kind of do the math um and i don't think he meant it in like a negative way but it was just kind of funny the way he did it and like so um 
I don't know. For some reason, that reminded me of that. But it was featured by Future Shock, but I have no idea. I haven't heard. I'm, I'm going to listen to it now. But um, the song's called Future Shock, Lantern, which is weird. Yeah, I don't know who Future Shock is, but. Um... Oh, yeah, I found it, too. I've never heard of Future Shock. I didn't realize that. Uh, so the first thing that came up is Herbie Hancock's. I didn't realize he had. It says Future Shock is pianist Herbie Hancock's 35th album. Did Herbie Hancock have that many albums? Um, I mean, he lived albums is very long. Many. He lives forever, <laughs> right? Didn't he? I think he's is he still alive. Uh, I, I don't know. This is like a man. <laughs> I don't know, Jeff. Effect. I don't know, Jeff. <laughs> All right, yeah, I think he's still alive. He's 80. Yeah. Wow. He's killing it. He's still alive. Wow. It's, it reminds impressive. me of. Um, oh, you know like what? He's in. He's in. I think you should leave. He's no. In... He. Oh, right. He is. But like the first guy they show is like fake Herbie Hancock. And I think <laughs> I can't remember if they ha- if they have him like included as like the real one, like on the side or something. But it's really funny. Yeah, I, was I think so. I think it's actually him in the in the show. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> That's weird. Anyway. Um, yeah, I like the. I mean, I like the uh, back to the, the song, I guess, a little bit. But um, oh, it was an actor. It wasn't actually Herbie Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's like one of those things where, like, they kind of do that in uh, like Eric Andre, where it's like sometimes you're like, oh, like is that? I don't know. Sometimes it's like the Hulk, and it doesn't look like it's the Hulk. George Clooney. Times, yeah, George Clooney. <laughs> that was yeah, funny. Exactly. And then they do Tim and Eric does. Uh, they they hire right. Johnny Depp for the thing. <laughs> so the funny. movie's like five seconds long because they spent a billion dollars on his diamond suit. <laughs> hmm. um, um yeah i gotta listen all right so i'll listen to that i'll listen to that song um later on oh the who sampled one yeah did you listen to it did you put it on no i haven't i have listened to it yeah i'll have to i'll have to check it out at some point okay but, yeah that'd be fun I, I, I should go through and like i mean I, I think i called out the the ones that i knew of um for steely dan but i feel like this is like a um I don't know. There are a lot of people getting sampled from this era, so I'm sure they have some more that I don't know about, but kind of cool to check out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was basically all I had for my rival. I like the, I don't know, the keys are good again. I like the um, the way that the, like, the timbre of, like, the the my rival part where I'm guessing he's getting some more backup vocal help, mm-hmm. but um, just kind of like the way it sounds, so otherwise, I think it's kind of straightforward, but yeah. Yeah, it was really smooth. It was fun. This is a fun listen. Like it's a laid back groove. I thought it was kind yeah. of hip hop the way that, you know, just, I was just thinking about it being a sample. So I kind of took it as it a kind of thumps. Yeah. Song. Yeah. yeah I thought it was a good cool. point. Yeah. I like it. Um, I didn't really do a lot of diving into the lyrics. Yeah. I don't really know. I mean, I don't really know what it's about. I don't know. Who's the rival? Beyond it being like the rival. Yeah. I don't really. I Somebody burnt down Anthony's bar and grill. Yeah. And they're like tracking him down. It seems right. Yeah, Anthony's the rival. He's just this like disgruntled bar owner. Yeah, <laughs> who's been searching for the arsonist. Why? Yeah, I think like, it might be his dad actually. This, you know, or like, I still recall. There's when something I about having a kid, a tiny hand in mine. Yeah, or so maybe it's his son. Or yeah, I think that I think you're right, Giz. Uh, yeah, because like the, at the end, and then it's like I loved you more than I can tell, but now it's stomping time. Actually, I didn't realize that he said that. That's really funny. So it's like his son burns the bar down. Maybe for insurance money. Yeah. Anthony Jr. It's kind of funny. It's actually. AJ. <laughs> AJ, yeah. Well, AJ like Soprano. That, AJ Soprano. Yeah. 
Oh my That's God. That's a good, good comparison. You know what? It sounds like the son burned the bar down for insurance money and the father figures it out and he beats the shit out of him. And I like the way that they bring the word match back for the last mm-hmm. line because he struck oh, a match against the door yeah. of Anthony's bar and grill at the beginning to light the, uh, you know, light the flame. And now he's going to match him like in a fight. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to beat the shit out of my son. Yeah. That's what I'm. Fun little yeah, revenge tale, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 uh I thought I like read that something about it being like the dad or something, but yeah, it makes it makes more sense now. It actually kind of um makes the song a little more interesting in some ways. So um it's kind of just funny even just like thinking like show me my rival makes it sound like it's like he's concealed, you know, in, in some ways. And and it's funny that like it's his like if it's his son, obviously he is pretty familiar with him, you'd expect, but um yeah interesting but yeah good song overall um i think we can move on we have a uh, third world man uh to round things out um it's got that it's like a little slower right it's like yeah know, like the it's, it's, yeah. yeah it's a little it's, creepy kind of slows it down a bit it's kind yeah. of smoky sounding i heard like the way the organ sounds mm-hmm. just like it, i don't know it created almost like a mist if you could create a mist with sound mm-hmm. yeah i like the like the only thing I can remember, I didn't really write any notes for this one, but I, I like the um like the bridge kind of picks up and like has like the nice like little um harmonies um that kind of like uplift it a little bit, but then obviously it kind of comes comes back down yeah. and, and finishes out with like the the sounds we were just talking about. But um yeah, I mean this one probably like similar to um trying to remember the the weird sex song from Asia, like this one I feel like I I've can, got the news. Yeah, like if that like this is the I've got the news of Gaucho to me anyway. I don't know if you guys feel differently, but I think I think it's like a pretty cool way to to round out the album. Um mm-hmm. definitely like slows everything down a bit, but I well, think I, I like it. Yeah. yeah, I I love the guitar solo. The guitar I, the guitar really solo good. is so like it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. It's Larry Carlton, yeah. It's, it's really not it, it's not like mind-blowing, but it's just I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know what the word to describe it. It's just like it's like righteous, you know. It's like mm. cool. It's like well, it's like a it's like the punishment for all of this. Like yeah. it, the consequences land somewhere, and they landed on this guy. Like this guy isn't yeah. like one person, of course. It's not literal, but it's like there is a runoff mm-hmm. for all this somewhere. It's got a pool somewhere, and like yeah. Wait, what do you guys think guy. the song's about? It's about somebody who's just been caught up. I think I think dove in head first into the lifestyle and mm-hmm. got like spit out by it. Yeah. Drugs and spending money and mm-hmm. all the bullshit. Like he's a third world man. Like he's we have nothing to do with him. We don't like he's he isolates himself. He falls into something pretty rough. But also we're still good people who are looking at this guy we're yeah. still fine we haven't gotten taken down by this yet so yeah fuck mm. fuck that guy he's he's a pariah but like we're still fine do you think it's like kind of like autobiographical in a way because like i don't know it, it's like to me I like interpreted a lot as like like a guy that was like very i don't know obviously like into the lifestyle but also like invested in like the world like politics and stuff and like you know like talking about like all these like uh struggles that people around the world are like are experiencing but then like also kind of making himself part of them 
and and i don't know if like that has to do with how like they grew up during the 60s and they were like i don't know growing up they were like hippies basically you know Mm. and then now like looking back on like those people from the 60s they're like that they like all shriveled up now and stuff and like like they've been completely destroyed by the 70s and 80s and stuff and like like they too i mean they kind of have more of like a jaded look at it but there's like people like still like clinging on to it in a way and it's just like i don't know it's almost like kind of like they're doing some introspection i suppose well yeah at a time where like or even if it's unrelated to that like apparently you know like everything outside of this album is like seemingly falling apart in some ways and like they had such difficulty like even to to uh uh the time out of mind song to like you know to write like a song about like heroin like that where like and but you know like walter by all accounts is going through like a difficult time with all that stuff like it's kind of crazy just like and maybe i mean i'm sure other artists do this too but just to be like that honest so like during a time where like you know things are going like super well from mm-hmm. from their standpoint too it's kind of crazy but um yeah yeah i don't know i mean i feel like they they've had like other like i feel like they poke fun at like hippies like even on like yeah can't buy a thrill but like you're probably right like there and it seems like this album in general kind of is like more autobiographical than like i feel like they kind of trend upwards and like they have you know like deacon blues on asia and like they kind of like um seem like they're playing the characters in in some ways not like glamour profession but like kind of the the creepy kind of like loserish, I think. yeah yeah they're like yeah. kind of like coming they they're kind of converging on like them being becoming the people they're writing about almost <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah, some might true. be more positive than others yeah this one's like like we don't even want them like in the peripheral yeah i like the um <laughs> the just the line it's like for the little guy like i just like yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. it just kind of comes out of nowhere like it has like you know that that kind of bridge or like the chorus of that yeah. like what is he gonna say and then he says that <laughs> well like i don't know that that phrase for the little guy it like it's just like such a funny phrase like you hear about people who fight for the little guy they fight for the every man it's like yeah well like do you actually or like is anything mm. gonna actually be good for the little guy like no like yeah it, it's almost and, it, and it's always people from like the middle class basically it, it they're basically like like making fun of the middle class at that time who grew up during the 60s and were like you know like hippies and stuff they're supposed to like change the world like free love blah 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 and now they're just like i don't know just extremely jaded in a way and yeah. i and that's why i feel like they're poking fun at themselves as as well because i mean if they were like you know like criticizing all these people without that sort of i don't know self-awareness then it would be kind of like putting off in a way but you can tell that they are self-aware and that's like part of the reason why they like are ironic about it i guess yeah it's interesting to like think about just this being like they're a lot like they don't release another song for like 20 years and it's kind of kind of lines up with like I don't know with I guess the sentiment of the song and just like mm-hmm. it being like it, it is just kind of almost like a a downer in some ways but it kind of hits on like all the stuff that we talked about yeah it's like it yeah. just seems like they're kind of at, at their ends almost there's like that that guitar solo which is a ripper in the middle of the song yeah it's like here it is we're done like yep it, it wraps up the album and like they whether they knew it or not they wouldn't come out with anything for a while but yeah. looking at it from 
this perspective, you're like, oh shit, like this kind of caps off a particular time. Yeah. And it kind of fades away. It's not like it doesn't end on, you know, a high note by any means. It's hmm. like we're just going to kind of dissolve away. Right. Yeah. And that's how like the song ends. Riff at the end. Yeah, exactly. Interesting stuff. All right. That was, I think we covered it. It's good. Uh, track by track, deep analysis from Clark 131. Um, Some really good hard-hitting journalism <laughs> yeah i guess we'll do our uh age best and worst quickly at the end um mm-hmm. i guess we'll do we'll do age best first again i guess uh loach you want to go um say it's a glamour profession i think i think people could could get into that song you know it's super fun yeah, and I think like there's a, there's a lot that's appealing. In yeah, the there it's it's unique sounding. That's why I it think is. it can mm-hmm. kind of like stand. It stands out a bit because it's like very unique sounding. It, this might be a choice. better question. Uh, or Dan, you then you go first, and then I have like a discussion question. <laughs> sure. Um, I pick time out of mind. Okay. And I think that specifically would be because. Choice. Laura, was it you who said it sounded like Earth, Wind, and Fire? Yeah, yeah, the Earth, Wind, well, and Fire uh, like bridge is so good. Yeah, I, I think as simply like as September. like how well that aged. So like <laughs> that right. aged really well. So that's that's my pick because um, it's it's poppy. It's not overly dramatic or mm-hmm. you know drawn out. It's a quick song. It's pretty predictable. Right. Um, but none of that's a knock against the song. It's just very fun and it's an easy one. So I think that probably aged the best. Yeah. And still kind of has, like I was saying, like their traditional, like, or like it still sounds like we, we had talked about, like showing it to someone who hadn't heard it before. It still sounds like Steely Dan, which is nice. So I, I that would have been my pick too. I, I was going to say Time Out of Mind. I like that one. Nice. Um, what was your, I was, was going to ask, yeah, like, do you guys think that, like, I think that, like, this might be, like, more modern sounding than, like, Asia as much as, like, they're almost like tied in my head. Like I can't really like pick one, but like Asia almost has like a more traditional, like just sound in general. And I feel like yeah. music move or like, I guess production style almost move towards like this, like super crisp sounding yeah. before you kind of get into like all the distortion and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, do you guys, would you guys say like one like aged better than the other or no, you don't have any strong opinions, but that's a hard question. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, this is definitely a lot more modern sounding. And I yeah. think part of it lends itself, part of it comes from the drum machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's like funny, crisp. like I just yeah. learned that tonight You and you guys talking about it, but it, yeah. it, it really just all makes sense once you know they're using a drum machine. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminded me, Dan, of that show that we went to. Um, and it's like an interesting thing because like, it's interesting that we didn't like even know where like, I feel like you could have fallen into a trap where like, it's really detrimental to like the way that it sounds. Um, because like, I mean, we saw this like opening band that had, I think maybe Laura, you were there too. I forget. Those, those, those German guys. Uh, it was, it was uh, maybe they were, I can't remember, but, um, but they had like, they were just playing like a, it was like a drum, like radio box basically. And like, yeah, they, were playing and they had drums the bases, right. They had a bass and they were just like playing the bass behind that machine. Yeah, and I think we were just like, oh, like if they had a drummer, like they would have been great. And but like the like the whatever like percussion they were using, 
they were almost using like a metronome. And I feel like if they had, you know, created like customized, like, you know, more customized, like in this case with the album, like percussion, then like maybe that would have worked better. Like this just sounds like it's hard to notice without, you know, reading about it. Um, yeah. Whereas like, I that thought it was, was kind like, of a cool show. I was like, I was impressed by those guys. Like they, yeah. the made bass a, was really good. Yeah. That was the most impressive as how they were playing. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But like, um, I was impressed by just kind of how unusual that was. Yeah. They brought it, was, it on it was stage nice... and they're like, here, we're going to like screw around with this machine. Yeah. It was definitely different and like not in a, not in a bad way. Um, yeah. Which is good for an opener. Did you, did you end up like, wait, so we were, we were seeing, now I'm going to drag us down, of course. We were seeing, <laughs> what was it? Unknown Mortal Orchestra that night? Because I yeah, want to figure out who they are. I want to well, figure out who. Uh, we should, yeah. We'll have to go back and like. Well, you know what's funny? Is I think it was at Brighton Music Hall, right? yes i found mm. this ticket in my truck and it's oh, no the way. ticket that we have wait so is that so, the first one or it was in it was on june 2nd 2015 so we were in college that was the first one yeah that was the first one yeah i found this when i was emptying my truck out when i was getting rid of it and that's um, funny yeah i was like oh, i'm hanging out of this ticket I, I always thought that was funny because then like we ended up like living like two blocks away. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, I like I had never been to that place before. And then like I spent like you a know, year a couple there. year of yeah. my life there. Yeah. It was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. That was such a great place. I mean, I really hope that shit opens back up soon. Like that's just I know. depressing. I know. We need some shows to go to. I'm I know um, itching to go and I'm hurting. Yeah, I know. Um yeah, I was I'll, I'll bring it back. Uh but yeah, I would have picked. I would have picked time out of mine too from for mine, but um, we can go into, I guess, age the worst, um, which I, I think Dan, you already mentioned Gaucho, but if you want to change or oh, explain, <laughs> I, I would only explain it because of the subject matter. Um, yeah. I only think the subject matter ages mm. the worst, um, but otherwise, I mean, I think musically it's very similar to, to all their other stuff. And I think, I think Asia even ages worse musically than mm. Gaucho. Yeah. In the way that it sounds, the way that it's. Yeah. It's hard formed. to pick like a musical one on this. Cause it just like, none of it's... it is like, Oh, like this is like, I could, if you just played this for a random person, they wouldn't be like, Oh, this came out in like 1980. Like there's no shot. Like it just sounds you would, like you would know ahead yeah. of its time. Yeah. It's funny how the titular song on both Asia and Gaucho were the aged poorly songs yeah that is interesting they don't that, do like that didn't a whole even big, occur to me yeah do you, do you guys agree or like what do you what do you yeah think I, th- I think i agree with that um it's hard to pick out like a music i'm trying to think of like musically what like subject matter like. aside exactly yeah well i mean like I, if you want to do subject matter like i guess i mean I, you could pick hey 19 i probably just just like thematically like i don't know if like people i don't know like we were talking about like it just it sounds. No, I bet. Now, I bet but... it puts people off. Uh, Steely Dan. They probably, they probably think that. I mean, they are kind of kind of sleazy. Yeah. Is there is there but... like a, is <laughs> there like an anti? You were mentioning like, like Lori, like on like Twitter and like, it, like what's the anti Steely Dan? Do people think like because it kind of happens with Mac too? Like the ant like that they're like could be like misogynist in some ways, which is like a you know. No, the anti people try to cancel Steely Dan. Yeah, people are, are there. I'm just, I'm asking. People more. people tend to <laughs> be late anti- to that. <laughs> people people are anti-steely. Uh, anti, Excuse me. Anti 
Steely Dan because there's been this like kind of resurgence on Twitter in -hmm. Steely Dan where it's like cool to listen to Steely Dan or like 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 people talk about it a lot. Did you cause this? No, (laughs) it wasn't. It wasn't me. Caused this? Yeah, it was our (laughs) fault. No, Um, this happened. This this has been happening for like a year now. But basically, um, people are like reacting to like the resurgence mm-hmm. of Steely Dan by saying like, "Oh, it's actually they're not that good," and John Hull and Oates are better. Um, someone I know says that, but he's just he's taking the piss, mate. He's they're just trying to, they're just mad that that people are rile like, you up. Yeah, exactly. Like people yeah. who are saying like they don't actually have an opinion on Steely Dan. Right. They haven't. Like, if you want to listen to albums and say that, like, I, I think I'd be okay with that. But like, if you listen to our podcast, they're, they're kind of an easy target. You to yeah. that, if you listen to fun. all eight hours of podcasts, like, yeah, then yeah, come that fucking talk to me. Yeah, then talk to me about Steely Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you know. Yeah. Um, do you think it's because of Mac DeMarco? I know I said this. I think in the last pod. But, oh, because yeah, yeah, I mean, he plays I, that at the shows. Like, he's, yeah. I, I think he's mentioned them. Mm-hmm. And he, like, but but it's a little bit ironic. Like, the way he does it, the way he mm-hmm. treats it is it's ironic and it's fun, but it's like not entirely serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think like, it's because of that? Because that's he, a whole aesthetic on its own. He plays like real in the years and like doesn't sing it like seriously. Like, he is kind of tongue in cheek singing real in the years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He I like agree. barely even does the vocals. He just, he'll just do mm-hmm. like that riff. Like, yeah for for 10 minutes <laughs> it's so fun though like i'm happy that he does that but yeah i wonder like because i have like more i guess like uh sympathy for like the crowd that that attracts and i mean we've been to like shows and stuff and it's not always the most fun for for everyone to kind of be, be around that but i've never been more exhausted from a like a show which is super weird to like we just had no idea what we were getting into. And that was a, a kind of a bizarre experience, but obviously it was still really fun. So much fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a good despite, despite how bizarre that ended up turning out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause you'd went and you had gone and seen him in like Vermont. So like, that's probably the perf- perfect place to see Mac DeMarco. If you want to go and just like hang out, listen to music. And it was we were, really, it was really, really tame. Yeah, everyone kind of yeah. stayed in their spot and just, you know, hung out, respected each other's boundaries. You mean you don't want to be in a mosh close. pit? You don't want to be in a mosh pit at Mac DeMarco? That no, you bizarre. don't. <laughs> like, yeah, so we weren't expecting that. Yeah, in Vermont, it was like we were outside. It was a festival. Everyone knew it was at night, so we're yeah. all kind of tired. It was just a really nice, like, mellower mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. It was not to say that that performance in Maine wasn't fun. Like, it was just its own thing. Right. It was a little bit different than, and I think if we had gone in like expecting it, like if I'm going to like an odd future, like when I went to odd future as, uh, back in the day, like you, you go in expecting like the riffraff and like, it's going to be and, like a fist fight. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. I know. And like, no one was like, we, we were like laughing. Cause like, no one was like, everyone was 16. Like no one, had, like the bar was empty. Like we were like, we could walk. That's up to my the bar, favorite like, joke no about that show. <laughs> it's like, we you didn't go to even... a Mac DeMarco show, no line at the bar. <laughs> we were like, I think both like, that I is think a great, we all that walked is up and we were like, is this like, we were like confused. Like we were like, is this the bar? Like we don't understand. Like, <laughs> Are you guys closed? <laughs> this has never happened. Yeah. yeah. They were like, no, we're open. Like you yeah. come here. <laughs> what would you like? Yeah. It was, that was so funny. Um, <laughs> should have just stayed like right next to the bar. Cause we, we did go, obviously we should have gotten up and gotten closed, but like we could have just like rode the bar the whole night and just hung out there. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's like a concept. I, I like that. Um, I remember we did that at, uh, at uh, Dan Auerbach and House of Blues, like we were like, we like turned around and the bar was there and like, we actually have like 
there's like that little platform you can stand on so it's like you're that was ideal elevated. yeah that's like my favorite spot at that at, at that place but there um, are many good places at the house of blues and you can get screwed if you get yeah. if you don't get a good spot and you're like up on the mezzanine or anything and like people yeah. have already taken their place up on the rail you can't see anything see you later you're not seeing yeah. anything right i'm uh you know six inches shorter than you are so or whatever and uh or maybe not that, <laughs> that much shorter but yeah not ideal it's yeah it, it can be really bad there yeah. Especially when you go see the tours and Jack White demands that all the <laughs> monitors that would show the show ordinarily on the sidewalls be turned off. Why? He's an asshole. He's like, <laughs> you're going to watch the band. You're not going to watch TV. When oh. you're there. Like I asked the, at the, like we, I got to the bar and I'm like, did you guys turn the fucking, and he's like, no, you think it was our idea? <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Like turn the game on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but, but I'm like seriously, yeah. like we can't even see. Like I'm like three people deep on in the mezzanine where I'm. If I was even up there, I'd be looking straight down, so I can't see them. Yeah. And now the the monitors are off. Right. I can't even look and like imagine what's going on. And no one ever uses those, like, because they want to watch the TV. Like they can't see. Ergo, like you, like you just kind of deal with like watching. You know what the best yeah. thing you can. It's not like you're people extending go the and, visibility. Like, yeah. Right. You don't like stand in the front row and like watch it. Like that's not how it works, but that's yeah, funny. you make it a better experience for people, for people who aren't fortunate enough to see it because the venue is limited. Okay. Yeah. Like just accept that. But like, nope, TVs are off. I was, I was so mad. Yeah. That's kind of ridiculous. The music was great. Like they played fantastic. But yeah. That's good. I hardly got to really see them do it. Yeah. I, I was having similar, like, I know, like on that, the, uh, we went to Boston calling together at like the green stage. Like we were usually like pretty far away and like, I don't know. It's kind of night. Like they had like the big video things and like, I mean, obviously I couldn't like hear anything, but um, like when tool had their like crazy, like artwork things going on, like it kind of kept me entertained. So I, I kind of appreciate it. Cool see, but it. then they fucked the acoustics up at the place. Yeah. Yeah. At that, that particular was so stage, the acoustics and sucked. Maynard was like, you have to support the police. Yeah. <laughs> that was like funny. That. that was really funny. People Man, that's so funny. That. We saw tool. That's hilarious. People got some yeah. really heightened emotions at that because like they couldn't hear shit. And then what they could hear was like, we support the police and everyone was like, fuck. And then like, <laughs> there was like, and we got a, tasty burger. A lot of reasons to be angry at the same time. And we got that's tasty we, burger. We won that show. You made that show. Actually. We made the show. Made that show. We got our tasty burger. <laughs> that was good times. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're now just, we're, we're kind of, we're yeah. Off on a tangent, but it was nice to reminisce. So if we can get back to a, uh, we're, we're sucker on cocks. What? Some say what? I said we're um, sucking our own cocks. Yeah. No, I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cool story. <laughs> what did I say last time? I was like, all right. Well, uh, I forgot. It was like something like that. It was really like, funny, yeah. but it was a really long pause. It was like, yeah, well. I was like, okay. <laughs> um. So good. All right. Cool. So yeah, we'll we'll move on. I imagine we'll skip the we'll skip the live album, right? Alive in America. I don't think we need to do that. Um, that doesn't make sense to do, yeah. Yeah. So we'll do um I think our plan last time was to do two against nature um on its own. And then we're gonna do the following week, everything must go. And then our uh we'll try and do that in like try and do that in like an hour, I guess, and then save mm-hmm. like 30 minutes for the draft and the draft. Yeah, and like depending on like how we find these two, like we could save more time for the draft if we think it's like more interesting to like talk about. Um, I mean, do we want to do the, the the final two albums in one and then devote the last episode to a draft and make it like build in segments of it? Like we could 
talk about it offline, but like build a structure to it and have it culminate in the draft that that could take like an hour and a half if we mm-hmm. really dive into it. Like if we hit every album and yeah. like select first round draft picks off of each album or like, you know, top candidates or something. Yeah. Distill it into that and then do the draft. I don't know. Like it could take a while. Yeah. We could definitely get like a, an hour at least out of that. Um, maybe, maybe it ends up being an inherently shorter episode. Right. That if it's like forty five minutes, that's fine too. Um, but I think we could fill the time with something like that. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind doing that. I think that might be. So we would do. Um. The last two, and then, sorry, what did you say? I'm. I'm like, my like brain's slowing down. <laughs> oh, and then just maybe like a, just a, a full blown like wrap up episode. Oh, right, right. Oh, so two. So we'll do next week. We'll do the two albums, and then do like one episode dedicated to the draft. Yeah, like if, if that's what we if that's what you guys okay. want to do, like maybe we'll listen to both, like tomorrow, and then yeah, react to it. And then if there's like not a lot we want to say about one, you know, then yeah, we'll combine them and do two. Yeah, I think it's a good plan. Yeah, let's, let's just listen to them. Yeah, and then and then I think that's a good standing plan. And then if if for some reason like we want to go into depth but yeah i think that's good i mean i, I just got somewhat of a feeling like and, and maybe that's me just being biased but like yeah they're like the kind of the comeback albums and i'm like oh yeah i don't know what to expect yeah i have kind of like cautious optimism going in as well so um yeah i think that's perfect i think it's a good plan all right cool i think all it'll right. be cool to review it like because it came they came out in like 2000 what exactly yeah, it's 2000 and 2003 era. The Everything Must Go is 2003 and Two Against Nature. Um, I'll be I'll be interested in like looking more closer at the lyrics because they're different, like entirely different time periods. Yeah, these are, I know these it'll be interesting. So. Like, yeah, and like they just have like all of this. Like, it's kind of amazing. Like, I'll have to. I don't know like what the backstory of like them, you know, reconvening and like. That seems like a feat, like in itself, almost. So yeah, we should cover. We should cover that too, and like take that into account. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know if Lori, if you know anything off the bat, but um, yeah, I don't know anything. (laughs) Just nothing. Zero. You know a lot about Babylon. I know a lot about (laughs) Babylon in the Bible. That's right. Hopefully, they they reference that in these albums. Yeah, she's just praying that they will. (laughs) Otherwise, I don't have or weather (laughs) report to add to the conversation. Or weather report, yeah. (laughs) Or weather report. It better sound like weather report, or I'm gonna kill myself. Congratulations (laughs) on not referencing weather report this album. Thank you. Instead, I reference Earth, Wind, and Fire, which I feel like (laughs) that's good. I I won't make a half. half, That's like half credit. Yeah, yeah. I won't make a half of that. (laughs) I like it. Cool. All right. See you later. See See you later. later.